Okay, we've never read this one before. It's called... I want to read this too. Where the Wild Things Are? We can read that next time. You ready to read the Lorax? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'll have to get it for you after we read it. Yes. Yeah, I love this book. Okay. But me and Claire don't really like it. It's It's really not funny. Well, we've never read this book before. Okay, you can read it out Where's this guy's nose? Is that his nose? I guess so. Okay, this is called The Lorax. It's by Dr. Seuss. And it's our first time. Dr. Seuss. Okay, at the far end of town where the grickle grass grows and the wind smells slow and sour when it blows and no bird ever sing except old crows is the street of the lifted Lorax. And deep in the grickle grass, some people say, if you look deep enough, you can still see today where the Lorax once stood just as long as it could before somebody lifted the Lorax away. What was the Lorax and why was it there? And why was it lifted and taken somewhere from the far end of town where the grickle grass grows? The old Wunzler still lives here. Ask him. He knows. You won't see the Wunzler. Don't knock at his door. He stays in his lurkim on top of his store. He lurks in his lurkim, cold under the roof, where he makes his own clothes out of miff-muffered moof. And on special dank midnights in August, he peeks out of the shutters, and sometimes he speaks and tells how the Lorax was lifted away. He'll tell you, perhaps, if you're willing to pay. So he's going to go to this guy who's like hidden in his house and ask him about the Lorax that he's heard about. Yeah. Um, the chocolate, it, it was a little melted. Hmm. Can I get chocolate on your hands? I looked off. Oh, great. Okay. On the end of a rope, he'll let down a tin pail, and you have to toss in 15 cents and a nail, and the shell of a great-great-great-grandfather snail. Then he pulls up the pail, makes a most careful count to see if you've paid him the proper amount. Then he hides what you've paid him away in, in his snuff, his secret strange hole in his groovelous glove. Then he grunts, I will call you by whisper my phone, for the secrets I tell are for your ears alone. Slup, down slups, the whisper phone whisper my phone look to your ear and the old Wunzler's whispers are not very clear since they have to come down through the snurgily hose and he sounds as if he had smallish bees up his nose now I'll tell you he says with his teeth sounding gray how the Lorax got lifted and taken away it all started way back such a long long time back Way back in the days when the grass was still green and the pond was still wet and the clouds were still clean and the song of the Swomi swan, swans rang out in space, one morning I came to this glorious place. 
And I first saw the trees, the truffle trees, the bright colored tufts of the truffle trees, mile after mile in the fresh morning breeze. And under the trees, I saw brown barbaloots frisking about in their barbaloot suits, and they played in the shade and ate tuffle up fruit. From the rippleless pond came the comfortable sound of the humming fish humming while splashing around. Is he telling the story of the Lorax? Of, yeah, he is. He's telling the story of the Lorax. But those trees, those trees, those tuffle up trees, all of my life, I've been searching for trees such as these. The touch of their tufts was much softer than silk, and they had the sweet smell of fresh butterfly milk. I felt a great leaping of joy in my heart. I knew just what I'd do. I unloaded my cart. Why? I think he wants to move there. In no time at all, I had built a small shop. Then I chopped down a tuffle tree with one chop and with great skillful skill and with great speedy speed. I took the soft tuft and I knitted a need. The instant I finished, I heard a gazump. I looked. I saw something pop out of the stump of the tree I'd chopped down. It was sort of a man. Describe him, that's hard. I don't know if I can. He was shortish and oddish and brownish and mossy. And he spoke with a voice that was sharpish and bossy. Mister, he said with a sawdusty sneeze, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongue. That's the Lorax. And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs, he was very upset as he shouted and puffed, what's that thing you've made out of my tuffaluff tuft? So he's saying he speaks on behalf of the trees, and he wants to know what he made out of the tree's tuft. Look, Lorax, I said, there's no cause for alarm. I chopped just one tree. I'm doing no harm. I'm being quite useful. This thing is a need a needs a fine something that all people need it's a shirt it's a sock it's a glove it's a hat but it has other uses yes far beyond that you can use it for carpets for pillows for sheets or curtains or covers for bicycle seats the lorax said sir you are crazy with greed there is no one on earth who would buy that full need But the very next minute, I proved he was wrong, for just at that minute, a chap came along, and he thought that the thneed I had knitted was great. He happily bought it for $3.98. I laughed at the Lorax. You poor, stupid guy. You never can tell what some people will buy. It was not nice of him to call him stupid, was it? We do not say that. We do not say stupid. No, we do not. That's a bad word. Yeah, I don't know why he said that in this book. Okay. I repeat, cried the Lorax, I speak for the trees. I'm busy, I told him. Shut up, shut up if you please. That's another thing we do not say, is it? I rushed across the room, and in no time at all, I built a radio phone. I put in a quick call. I called all my brothers and uncles and aunts, and I said, Listen here, here's a wonderful chance for the whole 
Wunzler family to get mighty rich. Get over here fast. Take the road to North Niche. Turn left at Weetshalkin. Sharp right at South Stitch. What's he going to do to He asked all of his family to come. And in no time at all in the factory I built, the whole Wunzler family was working full tilt. We were all knitting sneeds, just as busy as bees, to the sound of the chopping of tuffula trees. They're chopping all the trees down to make these things. Why? Do they, do they want to make scarves for people? They want to make, yeah, those scarf things. They were called, he calls them sneeds. And he wants to make them himself. And he had a lot of hammers. Then, oh baby, oh, how my business did grow. Now, chopping one tree at a time was slow, so I quickly invented my super axe hacker, which whacked off four tuffula trees and one smacker. We were making sneeds four times as fast as before, and that Lorax, he did not show up anymore. But the next week, he knocked on my new office door. He snapped, I'm the Lorax who speaks for the trees, which you seem to be chopping as fast as you please. But I'm also in charge of the brown barbalutes who played in the shade of their barbalute suits and happily lived eating truffle fruits. Now, thanks to your hacking my trees to the ground, there's not enough tuffle of fruit to go round. And my poor barbalutes are all getting the crummies because they have gas and no food in their tummies. They loved living here, but I can't let them stay. They'll have to find food, and I hoped that they may. Good luck, boys, he cried, and he sent them away. I, the Wunzler, felt sad as I watched them all go, but business is business, and business must grow, regardless of crummies and tummies, you know. I meant no harm, I most truly did not, but I had to grow bigger, so bigger I got. I biggered my factory, I biggered my roads, I biggered my wagons, I biggered the loads of the sneeds I shipped out. What's he making? He built a big factory so he could make these things that he called sneeds. And he was just trying to get lots of business and money. So he shipped them forth to the south, to east, to the west, to the north. I went right on biggering, selling more needs, and I biggered my money, which everyone needs. What's that doing? I think it is chopping down the trees and bringing them to his factory. Then again, he came back. I was fixing some pipes when that old nuisance Lorax came back with more gripes. I'm the Lorax, he coughed and he whiffled. He sneezed and he snuffled. He snargled, he sniffled. Wunzler, he cried with a cruffless croak. Wunzler, you're making such smogulous smoke. My poor swami swans, why, they can't sing a note. No one can sing who has smog in his throat. And so, said the Lorax, please pardon my cough. They cannot live here, so I'm sending them off. Where will they go? I don't hopefully know. They may have to fly for a month or a year to escape from the smog. Oh, he says, 
Oh, this is the Lorax speaking. Where will they go? I don't hopefully know. They may have to fly for a month or a year to escape from the smog. You've smogged up around here. What's more, snapped the Lorax. Let me say a few words about my gluppity glup. Your machinery chugs on day and night without stop, making gluppity glup, also schloppity schlop. And what do you do with the leftover glue? He's trying to, he's showing him around the factory and showing him all of these things that are wrong with his factory. It's making quite a mess. I'll show you, you dirty old onceler man, you. You're glumping the pond where the humming fish hummed. No more can they hum for their gills are all gummed. So I'm sending them off. Oh, their future is dreary. They'll walk on their fins and get woefully weary in search of some water that isn't so smeary. I hear things are just as bad up in Lake Erie. And then I got mad terribly mad. I yelled at the Lorax. Now listen here, dad. All you do is yap, yap and say bad, 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 bad. Well, I have my rights, sir. And I'm telling you, I intend to go on doing just what I do. And for your information, you Lorax, I'm figuring on biggering and biggering and biggering, turning more tuffle trees into needs, which everyone, everyone needs. And at that very moment, we heard a loud whack from outside of the fields came a sickening smack of an axe on a tree. Then we heard the tree fall, the very last truffle a tree of them all. The last tree. No more trees, no more needs, no more work to be done. So in no time, my uncles and aunts and everyone all waved me goodbye. They jumped into my cars and drove away under the smoke-smuggered stars. Now all that was left near the bad-smelling sky was my empty big factory and the Lorax and I. The Lorax said nothing, just gave me a glance, just gave me a very sad, sad backwards glance as he lifted himself by the seat of his pants, and I'll never forget the grim look on his face when he heisted himself and took leave of this place through a hole in the smog without leaving a trace. Uh, Can he fly? I guess he can't fly. He flew away. And... And all that the Lorax left here in this mess was a small pile of rocks with the one word, unless. Whatever that meant, well, I just couldn't guess. That was long, long ago, but each day since that day, I've sat here and worried and worried away. Through the years, while my buildings have fallen apart, I've worried about it. all the trees off. He chopped all the trees down. I've worried about it with all of my heart. But now, says the Lonsler, now that you're here, the word of the Lorax seems perfectly clear. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It is not. So catch, calls the Wensler. He lets something fall. It's a truffle seed. It's the last one of all. You're in charge of the last of the truffle seeds. And truffle trees are what everyone needs. Plant a new truffle. Treat it with care. Give it clean water and fetch it fresh air. 
grow a forest, protect it from axes that hacks. Hack. Then the Lorax and all of his friends may come back. So he gave him a seed so he could go plant a forest. Oh boy, that's a llama. <laughs> I do know.